Connell Tribune, Thursday, 22nd of April, 2021. Golfing memories made <clears throat> among friends and ramblers. My golfing career, maybe my golfing life, would be a better adjective description. Began way back in '88 when Aki O'Donnell closed his bakery and turned the land into a par three pitch and putt at Ballyrean. In our workplace at Kershaw, a few hundred yards away, we finished at 1 p.m. on Fridays, so we formed a pitch and putt society. And for the next two years, we played there, up to 20 of us. It was great crack and opened up a pathway to the golfing world for a few of us. In 1990, Barn Hill were offering a great deal to encourage new to encourage new members to take up the little white ball game, and four of us from the pitch and putt days joined Letterkenny Golf Club. Mick, Dennis, Eugene, and myself. In the 31 years since then, my feet haven't left the fairways. Golf bag and clubs in the boot, wedge in hand, and putter on resplendent greens at Barnhill, Dunfanaghy, Craig Moore and Galway Bay. It's been a great journey. I'd actually played a couple of rounds of golf in Barnhill back in the early 80s with a cousin home from Scandinavia. I actually took a liking to the game immediately, even if I couldn't hit snow. But you know, golf then wasn't exactly the game of the working class. It was also the time of the hunger strikes and our focus was hardly on getting a par in Heart Attack Hill, colloquially named after a local dentist who indeed had a cardiac arrest there on the steep climb to the 12th. The four of us took our first tentative steps in the wet and relatively soft parkland course along the Swilly. Late evenings during the week when we wouldn't be holding the other golfers up. We also brought Giggs and Fred along that first year and we went even better. 7.30 a.m. tee-off at weekends, before Desi Ferry, Eugene Geller and Pat Boner would take to the fairways. Giggs and I embraced the small ball game, Fred not so much, a hospital porter, factory worker and mine host in the village tavern. We made for a motley crew teeing off in the first. Over the trees on the right, although sometimes the ball would just roll off the first tee, to the amusement of the assembled real golfers. But that first year gave Giggs and I a graph for the game of the elite, reverends, ministers, army generals and politicians at the start of the 20th century. Now the working class were taken to the little white ball game as if they belonged, which they did really, wasn't it our land. In the summer of 91 I was in an extended form of garden leave from Kirchhoff after a dramatic year of turbulence off the fairways. Along with old Budgie, former barman for Teddy at the Milford Inn, we went down to work for Danny Collins in his new pub in Dunfanaghy. Dunfanaghy was some experience. The bar was like something from Ibiza or the Canaries, starting at Easter weekend till the September long weekend. The northern hordes invaded the place and it was a hacienda of drink and much else. Yes, Dunfanaghy was such a surprise for me. Domiciled in Terman, Letterkenny was our place to shop, school and socialise. Letterkenny, nobody would even dream 
of heading further down the N56 to Dunfanaghy. Then we started pulling paints in Danny's pub and it was like New Year's Eve every night. It was a holiday spot where his tournament was just a rural adjunct to the big town in Letterkenny, and life had a fairly steady meandering style to it. But Dunfanaghy with Arnold's, Kerry Grew, the Oyster, Patsy Dan's, Molly's, Rooney's and Danny Collins was like play Adele Ingalls with rain. And the cohort who arrived was the surprising thing. They generally weren't from Ballamurphy or the Bogside, more from the Malone Road, Hollywood or Stormont direction. They had accents like proper BBC English more than Sandy Row or the Shankle. And they filled the caravan parks before brown envelopes brought a Ballymun Lake area towards Port and then Hornhead redeveloped with Frank Carson's Orange House and long before Martin O'Neill's time. Also on that long hot summer of 91, Budgie and I hit the fairways at Dunfanny to check out the links designed by Harry Varden. A veritable little heaven for golfers down between the town and Port Nablath. The magnificent Kilohoe beach running the length of the course and a quaint little clubhouse with a 19th as welcome as you would get in Molly's Bar, which was the unofficial 19th. Budgie and I went back the following summer in 92, and between throwing out paints to rugger buggers from North Down, I decided to join Dunfanaghy and got a set of clubs for 100 euro from Limerick Pat, and I became the first golfer from West Belfast to join the Malone Road set in Dunfanaghy. Later in the year, I suggested a gigs to follow me after his days in the tavern and clay pigeon shooting, and thus began a golfing relationship for the ages. The first golfers from Kilmack and Terman. It hadn't been long since Patsy Cullen, RAP, once said to me as I took the kids' buggy from the boot of the car. For fuck's sake, I thought that was golf clubs. Such was the outrageous suggestion that anyone would be playing golf in Kilmack in the 80s. We were welcomed to Dunfanaghy by the late G.B. Hanlon, James Brogan and Roger Green. They were friendliness personified and great golfers to boot. G.B. once said to us in the early days that he'd heard, apparently you're not great golfers but great for the bar takings. That was G.B. We weren't members of the club long when the Central Bar Society of which we were members also were down to play one Saturday. On the Friday night gigs and I went down to practice a bit and play a few holes. At the 18th didn't we find an old wedge and handed it in to Doug Hennessy in the old caravan at the first which served as the pro shop and starter's office. The next morning when we arrived with 40 of the Central Bar Boys, we Dennis, the Celtic man, Bisto, Malachy, loads of Aircom men, Bovril, Chips, Ben, Coney et al. As we prepared to tee off, didn't Dougie arrive, gave us two sleeves of Pro V1s. The wedge had belonged to E. James and he so appreciated getting it back. It was like losing his right arm. The little red-haired golfing genius came over and thanked us profusely, then watched as we were the first up to tee off. Giggs went first and put James Pro V1 over Doug's caravan and out towards the road to Port I followed and did something similar. Needless to say, we were afraid to look back in case we James was watching. The ironic thing was that after that disastrous start, Giggs and I won the competition with 44 points, 
to the amazement of the Central Bar boys and James. After that, we settled into life at Dunfanaghy. Links Golf seemed to bring out the best of us in comparison to the park land at Barnhill. We started with 22 handicap, but soon got it down to 15 or 16. Like Mick McGinley, we never had a lesson, but manufactured a swing which stood the test of time. Alright, it hadn't the beauty of Alexi Thompson, more like a Jim Furyk. In fact, a young Hugh Rogers, now a guard in Galway, once described my swing as in the proverbial cliché, a golf swing like an octopus falling out of a tree. Now, unlike most golfers of the time, Giggs and I had a strong footballing background. That allowed for good eye-to-ball coordination. He always had an eye for goal and I could hit a sweeping 50-yard pass. Most golfers then wouldn't have that extra dimension to their game, although in the years since I've met any, many ex-footballers on the fairways and some were the best of golfers. John Sweeney, R.A.P. springs to mind. James Duffy, Philip Dunyon, Joe McHugh, now a referee, Michael Murphy, Big Neil Geller. The transition from the big leather ball game to the little rubber thermoplastic white ball was seamless. After a year playing the links at Dunfanny, a meeting was held to organise a golf society within the club. Initially it was to give members experience of playing other courses to benefit in club matches. But in due course it became a major social development in our golfing lives. A first AGM of sorts had 50 new members sign up. Consultant Tim Ryan became the first captain and a committee formed with elected office bearers. A mission statement was written into the constitution with Tim's opening address suggesting that the captain of the society in 2093 would be following in great footsteps. The first outing was arranged before Christmas at Dunfanny, which I happened to be the first winner and picked up a nice bottle of Glenfiddich. Not sure if Scotsman Brian Craig sponsored it, as he would have been more used to Barville and Pie at the Rangers end at Ibrox. The plan was drawn up for the next first year's golfing trips. We wanted to play courses which were of top quality, so our first away outing was to Ballyleffin and Glashidi at the end of January 94. It was followed by Sleeve Russell in March, then Merva, Ross's Point, Port Salon, Strand Hill, Rossapena, all tops, links courses. It was great for gigs and I just new to the game and we were getting to play courses that we probably wouldn't get to play. The society got off to a great start and became the heart of Dunfanny Golf Club. Every couple of months we'd head off somewhere within Donegal, Derry, Tyrone and Sligo. A great day's golf, meal and a few aperitifs then onto the bus for the trip back home and the only pit stop, the lagoon. The boys would drop us off but would also sample the hospitality in the tournament establishment where it was the classic, no strangers, just friends we haven't met. Many nights we arrived at the lagoon and there would be a wedding in full flow, or the bingo crowd, maybe the local GA club gathering, or Kilmac Celtic. Needless to say, the arrival of the Ramblers didn't dampen the occasion. In midsummer '94, the Ramblers organised a golf classic to raise funds for the CAT scan, which has been brought to Letterkenny General for the first time. An amazing amount of work went into the golf classic. 
Paul McGinley and Darren Clark became joint sponsors. We erected a massive marquee and site to cater for 300 at the dinner at Pay Golf. All members went out of the way to bring teams to take part and we had a full time sheet from 7am till the last tea time in the evening. Bill Cullen and Jackie Lavin arrived by helicopter to take part amid big sponsorship from Renault. It was just a wonderful day. I was part of the Muckish Ramblers team of Patsy McVicker, Wee James and Hugh Francis Brogan RIP. The previous night was spent in the tavern with gigs and Pat Boner at pre-golf which went on till the early hours. When the alarm went off at 6.30am I had to race down the N56 to Dunfanny where James was waiting on the tee as an official announcer called out my name, Patrick McMenamin on the tee. We really left nothing to spare in our organising. Teeing off third at 7.20am into an early morning watery sunshine, I didn't hit a ball for about four holes as wee James walked along whistling to himself as he was wont to do. But eventually along with fellow high handicappers Hugh and Patsy, we brought home the bacon. Albeit in conjunction with James' super play to take third place and receive a beautiful decanter from Paul McGinley at the presentation dinner. Gigs, Kevin James, Pat Boner and Eamon Kelly at a later start, but the golf gurus didn't go their way and an afternoon in the clubhouse was preferred to the marquee later. At the presentation, Captain Lua welcomed all guests, especially the dignitaries, Paul McGinley, former Garda Commissioner Eamon Doherty, CEO of Letterkenny Hospital, GUI officials, members and friends. In typical Luigi manipulation of the English language, the captain observed that the marquee bore the resemblance of a bordello to the astonishment of the lady golfers present and the rest of us who had to reach for a dictionary to find out what a bordello was. I think around 10,000 was raised on the day, not an inconsiderable amount in 94, and indeed many of us would have benefited from the use of the CAT scan in the intervening years. Sadly, we have lost some of the original guys who made such an input into the Ramblers. GB, Wee Dennis, Hugh Francis and Enda. They were the soul of the society. One year we had our captain's day and had it saved for posterity on video and the dinner dance in the lagoon. The special unintentional guest on the night was Enda. He brought the house down with his guitar playing singing. Sadly Buddy passed last year. The night was also remembered for the river dance performance by Big Paul Burton, one of the Red Arrows from Londonderry along with Alan Ray, wee John Orr and Nigel Doherty. Paul, a former rubber bugger, took to the floor like Andrew Trimble. His flanker play with City of Derry and Letterkenny Rugby Clubs was transformed into a fleet-footed dancer, possibly more Gene Butler than Michael Flatley, I suppose. Sligo was a favourite destination for the Ramblers, Ross's Point, Strand Hill and Enniscroen. Three brilliant links courses we visited on many occasions. Once GB booked Strand Hill and to keep the price down had the boys sharing a room with double beds. It didn't go down well with some of the more Legion of Mary types. Some slept on the floor as their partners took the base of the bed, sort of between a rock and a hard place. On one occasion in Enniscroen the Ramblers gate crashed a wedding and all 40 danced with the bride. 
It reminded me of the time at fellow golfer Boyd's wedding, when the best man asked any gentleman who the key to the bride's room, and every male in the room landed up with the keys, including the priest who married them. On a further occasion at Strand Hill, Big Dan Devine of Rooney's fame and his room visited by some fellow golfers and his clothes removed. In the morning he arrived at the first tee in his pyjamas. The same weekend, Patrick McGinley risked serious injury when he put on GB's new three-piece suit inside out and met him coming off the course. GB chased him around the clubhouse to the cheers of the assembled ramblers. On a further occasion further south at the Newmore near Carrick Macross, the Ramblers were in situ and met up with a crowd from Belfast. That night the Republic were playing on a World Cup qualifier. That led to the biggest session you ever seen. At about 5am the sing-song was going strong, with a blushing bride in the middle of the Belfast and Donegal golfers and the new husband in Dreamland. One magic occasion which has to be told with considerable care took place when a rambler and others were having aperitifs after golf. A local Garda was with the group and had recently upset the rambler with a caution. As he left he spotted the Garda's car and took out his nine iron and proceeded to take a punitive response against the vehicle. The following week when he came into the clubhouse after golf there was silence for a few seconds until another rambler exclaimed. That wasn't a good idea. You should have used a five iron. That was the Ramblers. In the late 90s, the society thought about expanding its wings and we arranged a trip to Scotland. We landed in a wee town, Port Patrick, not far from Stranraer, but on the way south to Carlisle. It was a great trip with about 36 Ramblers. The golf course wasn't St Andrews, but sufficient for our requirements. An Apre Golf experienced Scottish hospitality to the full. So much so that on the second night we all ended up in a nightclub in Stranraer, which was full of Rangers fans, and we regretted that Big Craig wasn't with us, but the crack was still mighty. The next day Giggs risked the, risked the wrath of wee James when his ball was lodged in heavy rough, and as he was out of the hole he decided to throw the ball onto the green and then sank the putt to James' amazement. The trip was so good the Ramblers returned to the Scottish fishing village a few years later. Around the first years of the new millennium the Ramblers decided to take to the skies with Ryanair and made several sorties to Spain and another trip to some top courses in the Algarve. Sun and golf's a great combination and arriving back to Donegal with a nice tanza bonus. Beautiful courses, great accommodation and fine wine. It all makes for a golfing paradise. The society had reached the first decade golfing all around the northwest and further afield. Many new members had joined up over the years. It was, as they say, an eclectic group. It's almost 28 years now since that first meeting to set up the society in November 03. But in recent years it has fallen away as initial enthusiasm waned. I suppose all the top courses have been visited and the original idea fulfilled. But like all societies, it's hard to keep it going over the years. Some have passed, some give up golf, some migrated, some took up new interests. In the last year, it was planned to have a final reunion of everyone who played over the years, and there was money in the kitty. In fact, no captain wanted to be the man to spend it on his shift. 
It's planned to have an outing, golf and meal and crack sometime in the near future, possibly for the 30th in two years. Do you remember the old days when ramblers rambled and golfers golfed? Just to recall the times that were in it, when the tiger roared and the economy soared. Long before the Good Friday Agreement, Brexit and Covid. Before Paul McGinley led the Raider Cup team to victory and Wee James lifted his 10th captain's prize and Irish golfers won 10 majors. Four for Rory, three for Padraig, Clark, G-Mac, Laurie, the awfully man lifting the open at Portrush. Sadly, the one course the Ramblers didn't get to play over the years, despite the seeds of an idea planted there originally. So there are times in your life when it's a special time. Those first 10 years from 94 to 04, where the Ramblers were just that. We James, Giggs, Tim Ryan, Jared the Greenkeeper, Nigel Doherty, Michael, Noah McGinley, Tan, Sean, Jock, Big McCorgle, Tony McGilloway, Neil McGinley, The Wee Soldier, Paddy Hunt, Paddy Hegarty, Big Dan, Neil Murray, Rort, Charlie Rorty, Frank Kelly, Wee Roger, Pat Hunter, The Deer Hunter, Basher, John Mack, Patrick McGinley, Lua, Dougie, Jim, Brian Dolan, Corny, Danny Sweeney, Big Paul, Patsy McVicker, Ian Mack and wee John Arsar. Many others joined over the years and sadly we lost GB, Hugh Francis, Enda and Dennis. The Ramblers went on for another decade at least. It was a great success story. More highs than lows, more bo- bogeys than birdies, more crack than at Golfgate and Clifton. More friendships made for life, and that's what golf's all about. It brings people together, and surely to paraphrase a quote erroneously attributed to Mark Twain, but actually uttered by another American writer, Henry Leon Wilson, in 1904, it's much, much more than that, a good walk spoiled.